What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So there is an interesting timeline that is uh, popping up. I don't know if you've noticed, but the last three indictments on Donald Trump have all been filed the day after a massive revelation on Hunter Biden. This latest uh, indictment that came out yesterday of Donald Trump, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly what it even is. Do you... Do you no longer have the right to your opinion? This seems to be a war on disinformation. Um, Who's the arbiter of that? Certainly should not be the government. Let's talk to Alan Dershowitz what this is really all about and does this have any legs to it? We'll do that in 60 seconds. Stand by. We have a massive morale problem in America right now, and it is a generational problem. When you have a society that begins to reject notions notions like personal responsibility, which we've been doing for decades now, you eventually end up with a people who will routinely fall for anything because they don't stand for anything anymore. We have to change this in our own lives and for the next generation. I want you to pick up a free book and it's free only this week. It is called The Tuttle Twins and the 12 Rules Boot Camp. You just pay for shipping and that's it. Your kids and grandkids can begin absorbing the same values, the values that we used to preach here in America, the values that have an emphasis on personal responsibility. This is all really coming from uh, Jordan Peterson's work over the last few years. We can't be a nation of victims we got to change our point of view and rediscover the founding principles of this country. And Tuttle Twins are determined to help your kids do it. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the free book now. It's free for the next couple of days. Uh, you just pay for shipping. So go there now. The Tuttle Twins and the 12 Rules Boot Camp. It is free while supplies last at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The author... The author of uh, The Price of Principle and uh, Get Trump is going to be joining us here in just a second. Alan Dershowitz. You know, I'm, I'm looking at what the what the media is saying now, as opposed to what they were saying about uh, Joe Biden. And it just keeps ever changing. Can we play that clip? We played it in the uh, the uh, news report at the top of the first hour. Um, I think it was from MSNBC where they were, I mean, incredibly just dismissing everything that has been brought up about Joe Biden and now saying it's because his son died and he was very upset and he wasn't paying attention. Listen to this. Let's put this in context. Bo Biden got very sick in early 2015. He died in the spring of 2015, which was right in the middle when Devin Archer um, had his, his business dealings uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. At that point, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden began to speak every day because they were both devastated by Bo's death. They spoke every day. 
The witness testified that over his 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden, there may be approximately 20 times when in one of those conversations, uh, Hunter Biden would put his uh, father at a dinner, not at a business meeting, at a dinner that he was having if he happened to get a uh, hold of his father and would ask his father to say hello to whoever was at the table. And that was essentially the extent of it. They didn't. He it was unclear. And, and the witness testified. This is not me saying that the witness testified that a lot of times, most of the time, Joe didn't even know who the people were at the dinner table. Most of the time. Oh, that's great, because there's never been a, a, a meeting at a dinner before. I mean, that's, that's literally never occurred. No one has ever no. been able to do business while eating no. at a table. Like, this has never been right. something attempted by anyone in business. No, of course not. Of course not. And it's only, look, I'm very broken up about my brother. You can understand that. Yep. I'm very broken up about my brother, but I'm in an emergency meeting with Burisma. And they're telling me I they need assurances that my dad will stop Victor Shokin from investigating Burisma or we're done. Isn't this what we're paying for this, quote, illusion of uh, of power from your father? And then he says, let me get him on the phone. He calls him. And then a week later. Uh, shockingly, for no apparent reason, he uh, gets Shokin fired uh, by withholding money in foreign aid from the United States government. But that was he he just left the room for just a second, just for a second to grieve with his dad. This is unbelievable what they're expecting you to buy into. Uh, Alan Dershowitz is with us. He is, of course, the author of Get Trump. Uh, and the price of principle uh, and host of the Durst show alan dershowitz joins us now we would love to understand uh alan uh what what exactly is is uh, donald trump being charged with in this latest indictment the basic charge is that he personally knew he had lost the election he believed that he had actually lost the election fair and square and he engaged in all these actions with a corrupt uh, motive. I don't think the government's going to be able to prove that. Uh, there is no. First of all, uh, first of all, uh, let me tell you something. I talked to Donald Trump uh, probably about two weeks before January 6th. Uh, there is no way he believed he lost that election. There's still today he does not believe he lost that election. I can guarantee I right. it. You know I him well enough to know right. that. He he believes he won the election, and he believes it was stolen from him. I think he's wrong. Uh, many people told him he was wrong. Many people are quoted in the indictment telling him he was wrong, but that doesn't make the crime. The crime requires Correct. proof beyond a reasonable doubt that he himself actually knew and believed it and acted with a corrupt motive. I don't think the government's going to be able to prove that, but to state a broader point when the attorney general of the united states authorizes an indictment as was done here against the man running against the incumbent president who is now tied 44 44 in the new york times poll that indictment better be the strongest indictment in american history there should be a smoking gun fingerprints a videotape and a confession this document is so flawed is so filled with speculation jack smith's famous for 
bringing speculative cases and then being smacked down by appellate courts. Uh, This just doesn't satisfy the Banana Republic test. In Banana Republics, presidents prosecute their political opponents. And the stronger their political opponents are in the polls, the more likely they are to be prosecuted. And we don't want that to happen in the United States. And I think this indictment doesn't meet what I call the Nixon standard. The Nixon standard is Nixon's crimes were so obvious that even his political supporters uh, favor mm-hmm. his being impeached or being prosecuted. That's not the case here. Right now, the only people who seem to support this indictment are partisans who are anti-Trump, and that's just not enough to heal the divisions in this country. So this indictment will further the divisions, especially if it's ultimately reversed on appeal. Look, the indictment is brought in the District of Columbia. The District of Columbia jury will convict anybody named Trump for anything. Um, and that's why Correct. the case should be moved to uh, Virginia. It will be subject to a motion to change the venue to Virginia, where you have a level playing field. It's a purple state. This case should be tried in a purple state, not in a bright, 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 bright um, um, a Democratic state. And that's where it's being tried, in the most Democratic district in the United States of America, the most anti-Trump district in the entire United States. That's where the trial is scheduled to be held by a uh, judge who has a very questionable background. Um, She worked for years for a firm that's highly questionable, the David Boys firm, Um, very, very Mm -hmm. Democratic-oriented. They represented... She was working... Right. And Burisma. And she was working there at the time of all of that stuff. Yeah. Not and, saying you know, she was David involved Boyce, in it, but. Right. David Boyce and his firm have been charged with more uh, cases of uh, corruption and uh, disbarable conduct than uh, any law firm in, in modern American history. And it's well known for its um, uh, being subject to um, to so many charges. And she was part of that firm. And that's not something I would brag about. I got that firm disqualified in a case because of a conflict of interest. And they've been charged over and over again with conflicts and other kinds of things. And she spent most of her career in that firm. So if I'm Donald Trump, I don't want to be tried in front of her. I want to be tried in front of a judge who uh, has a, a, a fair and better background. And I want to be tried in front of a jury that isn't 90-something percent anti-Trump voters. Can he get that done? He can try, and if he loses, it will be subject to appeal. And that might be the kind of thing that could be appealed immediately as well. There's some dispute about that. Right. But change of venue motions uh, can sometimes be subject to what are called interlocutory appeals. So there's a lot. Uh, that will happen before he stands trial in the District of Columbia in front of this judge. This this judge also is the January 6th hanging judge. There hasn't been a single case that has come before her that she hasn't given tougher sentences than even the government was asking for. Well, I mean, you need to have, in this case, when you're trying the man who's running against the incumbent president, there has to be, it has to be, Caesar's wife. It has to be clearer and cleaner than anything. And having the trial in the District of Columbia in front of this judge on the basis of an indictment of this kind is going to just sow greater divisions in this country. People are not going to be satisfied 
that this is uh, fair, objective justice. You know, the Bible, the Torah, says, lo takir panim, to judges, don't recognize faces. Don't do justice Uh based on who the person is. Do justice based on the law and the facts, and the law and the facts don't support this indictment. Um, I don't know how you feel about Jonathan Turley. Um, I I generally like him I, because he's kind of like yeah. the Constitution. He does he, he doesn't always fall my way, um, uh, and so he said yesterday that this is the first criminal indictment of alleged disinformation. If you take a red pin to all the material presumptively protected by the First Amendment, you can reduce much of the indictment to haiku. I felt the Mar-a-Lago indictment was strong. This is the inverse. In fact, it's unfair at points. It quotes Trump in his speech about encouraging people to go to Capitol to the Capitol. But like the January 6th committee, it omits where he says you should go peacefully. I'd like to get your comments on that in 60 seconds with Alan Dershowitz, the author of Get Trump. Um, Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Tunnel to Towers. I want to tell you about uh, another hero and his and his family. It's Joseph Seals. He's a a detective who served with the New Jersey uh, Police Department, New Jersey Department for 13 years, and he worked with the city's ceasefire unit. He was helping get illegal guns out of the hands of criminals, and tragically, he was shot and killed during a confrontation with an armed guns, a gunman in, in 2019, just days before Christmas. He left behind his wife, Laura, and their five children. Nothing makes this better. But Tunnel to Towers is a great organization that is a foundation that comes forward when some police officer, firefighter, or uh, military member is killed in the line of duty and they pay off the family's mortgage if there is one so they can take that concern off their plate and they do it right away they have helped uh, over a thousand military and first responder families during the most difficult parts of their life and it's because of people like you can you help remove this burden of the mortgage for the people who are standing up and giving their life for us? Donate $11 a month. Donate to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Don't take my word for it. I want you to do your own homework and investigation. T2T, Tunnel to Towers.org. T, the number 2T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. The author of Get Trump and the host of the Dirk Show podcast, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, so what do you think about the first case, as Jonathan Turley says, uh, making disinformation a crime? No, I think he's right. Uh, I think this uh, really changes the nature of American politics. And if it were taken to its logical conclusion, half of Congress would be in prison. Um, you can't make it a crime to lie to the American public. Um, you know, lying has been part of American politics uh, since, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson ran against uh, John right. Adams. Uh, and uh, the cure for lying is the other side tell the truth and you truth. win the election. Um, but uh, the First Amendment protects lies. The First Amendment uh, protects so much speech that we despise. Uh, Look, I've defended communists, Nazis, pornographers, uh, not because I like any of them, uh, but because I like free speech and because the alternative 
is a system of censorship. And this indictment takes us down the road toward uh, uh, criminalizing uh, free speech. And, you know, what is true and what is not true is often in the eye of the beholder, particularly in the political context. Remember, Chief Justice Rehnquist, a conservative chief justice, said the First Amendment doesn't recognize a false opinion. False opinions and true opinions have the same status under the First Amendment. And, and, and this is a case criminalizing uh, a, a false, false opinions, what people believe are false opinions, what I believe is a false opinion. I think that uh, President Biden won the election fair and square. I wish there hadn't been some of the Russia dossier stuff and some of the stuff involving uh, uh, social media. But the election count right. itself was, I think, fair. Was there some fraud? Yeah. Were there some constitutional problems? Yeah, Pennsylvania violated Article 2 of the Constitution, in my opinion. But it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the election. But Donald Trump has the right to protest and to be wrong uh, in his protests. And that's what the deepest problem is here. Can you can you go into this a bit, um, Alan, because I know the founders, they fought over freedom of speech. And especially when, you know, the Sedition Act was uh, imposed. Right. They went back and forth and they they said the government cannot ever be the arbiter of truth. It can't be um, because sometimes they're lying and if they're the only ones that can say nope this is true this is not which they did in covid and everything else it it is an unworkable society it eventually kills all free speech can you kind of explain that in layman's terms to people yeah well the 1800 election one of the great elections in history was really about this john adams and believe it or not even george washington had supported the and alexander hamilton supported the Alien and Sedition Acts, uh, which punished uh, opinions that were contrary to the opinions of the government. People actually went to prison. Thomas Jefferson ran against that, and he overwhelmingly beat uh, John Adams, who was a great man and a great president. But Mm -hmm. uh, Americans wanted free speech, and, and Jefferson then pardoned the people who were convicted under the Alien and Sedition Act. And uh, from then on, I think the First Amendment has been interpreted very, very broadly, um, uh, which which doesn't always serve the interests of the American public immediately. It means that you do right. allow adult pornography, you do allow communist speech and Nazi speech and hate speech and anti-Semitic speech and anti-Catholic speech and anti-Christian and anti-Muslim speech. All of that is permitted. Look what happened in Sweden the other day. They burnt a Torah. They actually set it on fire. They burnt a Torah. And that would be permitted in the United States if it's your Torah uh, or your Koran. Now, in Sweden, they're trying to pass a law now prohibiting the burning of religious books, and maybe that will pass. But under our First Amendment, we have extraordinarily broad rights to do the wrong thing. And now uh, President Trump is being indicted for doing what this administration thinks was the wrong thing. I agree. I think he did the wrong thing. But he did say... When he made his January 6th speech, which I thoroughly disapprove of, he did say he wants mm. people to protest peacefully and patriotically. And when you leave that out, that's as much of a lie as anything that Donald Trump was accused of. It's called a lie of omission. 
Uh, Alan, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. I Thank don't know you. where all of this ends, but I, I appreciate your uh, your guidance on this. Thank you so much. Thank Alan Dershowitz. Uh, so I, I want to just quickly go over this timeline one more time. June 7th, FBI releases the documents to Congress alleging Biden's took a $10 million bribe. The very next day, June 8th, Jack Smith indicts Trump in the Mar-a-Lago docs case. The 26th of July, Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects the sweetheart plea deal. After it was revealed, DOJ tried to give him blanket immunity from all prosecutions in the future. The very next day, Jack Smith adds more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. July 31st, this week, Hunter Biden, former business partner, uh, testifies that Joe Biden was in on, on 20 phone calls with his son's business partners and the Burisma executives pressured them to fire the prosecutor. The very next day, Jack Smith indicts Trump again for January 6th. This is a curious at best pattern. Is our president involved in the weaponization of our government as a cover-up? Exactly what Nixon left office for. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So let me tell you, the interest rates are going up. Your dollar is going to get weaker. Uh, the... The government uh, was shocked. Janet Yellen said, oh, no, this is wrong. Fitch has just the ratings agency has just downgraded us again as the government. That means everything is changing. You need to get out of debt. And I know it is hard enough just to pay, you know, the grocery store every every week. You get there and everything is going up. People are putting money on their credit card, and that's going to be a very high interest rate that you're paying to, uh, the, to pay off those credit cards. You're going to get behind the eight ball. Now, this isn't right for everybody, but American Financing is asking you just to look in to see if it's right for you. Deal with some of that debt before your eyeballs are all the way up into this debt. They're saving people uh, $700 a month on average. You can end up delaying two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Find out all the information, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Hey, thanks so much for uh, making, uh, making our book dark future the number one selling book in america uh it is just to become the i think it's number 10 i'm surprised to crack the top 10 it's number 13 on the new york times seller uh, best-selling list ap just reported the audiobook is is number 10 huh um they're doing everything they can to hide this book to make sure that nobody reads it it's not available at target um you know whatever uh, you won't find it at the airports because they follow the New York Times. And even though we outsold the number one book on the New York Times list, we were number 13. Uh, so they're doing everything they can. And there's a reason. It tells the truth about what is happening and where we are headed. And it tells it in clear, informed and well-sourced ways. Um, so thank you for making it uh, a success and reading it. Please pass it on to your friends. 
the other thing is uh, our audiobook. I think it's the best audiobook I've ever done. Have you listened to the audiobook yet, Stu? No, I haven't. I, I know you did a lot of improving uh, on it, which. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very, uh, very, very funny. Uh, and the last chapter, I think, is extraordinarily stirring and hopeful. Uh, make sure you grab the audiobook if you uh, don't have time to read it in paper. Um, because it, it explains an awful lot and you will see the world in a different way. It's called Dark Future. It is available everywhere. If you want to buy it uh, in the hardback form, go to bookshop.org. I mean, you can go ev- everywhere, but bookshop.org is the one that is support- supporting all of these local bookstores, not the big chains. Uh, all right. There is a, there is a, a, a crusade against popular household items that is uh, happening. As of yesterday, traditional incandescent light bulbs became a thing of the past. Again, uh, Donald Trump, you know, said you can buy incandescent light bulbs or not. George Bush did it in the middle of the night in the middle of uh, Christmas when nobody was paying attention right before he left office. And we were left at the time with fluorescent light bulbs and they were horrible. Remember those little spiral thingies? They were horrible. Everybody hated them. Uh, And uh, Donald Trump thought that that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be forced by the government to buy a, a fluorescent light bulb. But what happened in between was the free market gave us the lights we now have which are led and first their color sucked but now you can change the color you can go from 5000 degrees which is super super bright white to you know 2500 or 3000 degrees which is very very warm and yellow so you you choose what you know light you have and they don't burn out as fast uh they uh, you're not constantly changing light bulbs it's a great light bulb but the light bulb ban that biden just put in is now uh on the list of a growing number of home items that they seem to be fixated on specifically the doj proposed energy consumption standards that if enacted would make half of america's gas-powered stoves non-compliant overnight uh this is a this is not good by the way if you stop using natural gas you put even more load onto the electrical grid because all you can use is electricity to heat your home to cook your food all of that has to be now electrical well i don't know about you but i don't know where we're going to get all of this electricity quite honestly and i say this as a guy who has spent way too much money on uh, electrical uh in my life i am broadcasting from my ranch which is 100 percent green energy uh wind power which is completely useless i will tell you that we had a big windmill it we had a huge storm last week or the week before and it blew down it's been up for almost 10 years it blew down we didn't even see a blip in our energy not a blip okay we have three gigantic solar panels and we get all of our energy from that and back up from a natural gas generator in case we have several cloudy days this thing is so not ready for the public it has cost 
hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it to where it is stable. I, I asked the guy, he was working on it, and we were expanding it yet again to get it more stable. And I was asking the guy, I said, how many of these do you put into houses? And he said, like this? And I said, yeah. And he said, none. He said, You're, this is like an industrial. He said, people can't afford um, a solar panel except in emergency situations. It, you cannot get enough electricity out of a solar panel right now to run the whole house unless you do what you're doing. I got, I got news for you, gang. In 10 years, this system will be outdated. It'll be better and more efficient. We started 10 or 11 years ago on this, and I've had to upgrade it three or four times. It's not ready for prime time. So as much as we love the idea of wind, which I don't, solar, which I'm okay with, uh, it's not anywhere close to being ready for anybody to run all of their appliances in their whole house. It's just not happening. So where are we going to get all of this electricity? Because you can make electricity through natural gas, but now that's no good. This is going to destroy America. Now, the House, the Republicans have passed two bills aimed at blocking the federal attempts to regulate the gas-powered stoves. But remember, the gas-powered stoves, Richard Trumpka, well, he said a couple of things. Richard Trumpka said, any options on the table, products that can't be made safe can be banned. And then the White House responded saying, the president doesn't support banning gas stoves. And the Consumer Product Safety Commission, which is independent, is not banning gas stoves. But guess what the White House is doing? Banning gas stoves. And recently, the White House held a uh, methane gas summit. They didn't invite anyone from the oil or gas industry because they don't trust the oil and gas industry. Uh, okay. Well, Stu, can you help me out? In the last 20 years, we have reduced our carbon emissions to an, to an incredible extent while still using natural gas and, and oil. We are reducing it, not because of wind and solar, but because we are inventing different ways to use the fossil fuels in a way that is clean. Yeah, the overwhelming percentage of the reductions in carbon emissions have come from switching from stuff like coal to natural gas and making that more and more efficient. Uh, yes, there has been some solar panels. Obviously, there's been tons of money from the government that has gone toward wind power and solar power. Unfortunately, not really toward nuclear, which would be an even more dramatic improvement if you care about such things. We did... We did open our first nuclear power plant. Where was it? In Georgia, I think, this uh, earlier this week yeah. or last week. And, and that was in process for, what, 20 years, was it? Was it 20 yeah, years? Yeah, but it only took us 20 or 30 years. That's it. Yeah, yeah that, sure. that's all. And by the way, Glenn, to add on to your mm -hmm. solar power uh, point for a second, and this just came out last week while I was on vacation, and I had missed it. I don't, so forgive me if you, if you talked about it while you were on vacation or I was on vacation. A new study from Italy uh, has just shown that solar panels, which 80% of them are made in China, yep. have are showing mm -hmm. three to five times the amount of carbon dioxide emissions than previously thought. 
They've been selling you all of the hmm. all of the the models that the IPCC has built uh, to tell you what's going to happen with the climate have all mm-hmm. been factoring in solar panels that show uh, the uh, completely wrong amount of carbon emissions associated with their production. And they're now saying three to five times the amount, maybe even more than that on the high end, uh, that these things are actually doing much more damage than even previously believed. This is a huge development that, of course, is getting no press here in America. No one in, uh, in mainstream media is covering it at all. And it's massively important. Um, and, you know, this is just one small piece of this giant puzzle. They keep telling us these things. They fail over the long term. All of their promises, all their projections wind up t- being wrong. And then we're asked to believe them and donate trillions of dollars globally to try Correct. to fight these problems that they can't even appropriately describe. And they also are telling us that now we'll have computing power that is so strong, they'll be able to monitor everything and uh, make sure they, they um, you know, show your carbon footprint and help you make all the decisions because they can monitor everything in your house. The processing power that is coming online in the next five years and just the processing power for the, the police state, if you will, uh, to make sure that you are living your life the way you know they want you to live your life. The processing power alone will take and create more carbon emissions than the entire airline industry in the globe. Oh, my gosh. So maybe we should probably, maybe, I'm just saying, slow down on that. Especially they, when you're going to be adding all these electric all... cars, too. I mean, I, it, which we Correct. obviously can't handle uh, <laughs> as far as our electric grid as it is Correct. today. I, you know, th- Correct. This is so much, uh, it's such a long-term a- approach. And at some, at some point, you almost admire it from the left. And that they create these things that generate that constant state of war. We used to talk about that back, uh, you know, years ago. Yep. This, this endless state of war where... Obviously, when you're in a war, you'll do whatever you whatever you have to, and you'll you'll break all sorts of rules to win the war, and and you'll you'll implement all sorts of new policies. And the American people and any population will kind of go along with it because they're so scared of what might be around the corner with a war. Well, this they, they the left has always been trying to create this equivalent to that this this endless state of war. You don't have to worry about when the war is over. You can continue to do these things if the war is against the climate. I mean, think about all the the the. the complaints we've heard over the past few months glenn about how oh well you know hillary clinton coming out and saying well uh if you if it's hot outside thank a, Ma- a maga person as if maga people control the weather and yet this is happening in a context where we just passed as they called it the most expansive and effective global warming policy in the history of the globe the inflation reduction act Right. That's how they sold that policy. They said it was the most impactful thing that has ever been passed in the history of the globe. Well, how is it our fault if the weather is bad? You guys just got billions and billions and billions of dollars to throw at your pet projects that you told us at the time were going to heal the climate. And now you're still with this same. It's just like a war. It never ends because you said you won it already. And yet you still get to get all the money and the resources. And the and the reason why they have to have this war quickly and then we'll break uh, is because they couldn't convince you 
yeah. to do it yourself. They couldn't. The science was bullcrap, and the solutions are even worse. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu just announced she has banned fossil fuels in new city-owned buildings after teaming up with the Boston City Director of the Green New Deal. Uh, climate action requiring all new buildings and major renovations operate without fossil fuels. So that's cooking, stoves, onions, uh, 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 onions, ovens, HVAC, and hot water heaters. Did anyone in Boston vote for that? Did anyone? No, they didn't. They just know better than you do. They couldn't get it past you, so now they're forcing it on you. Back in just a minute, our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Whether your dog is a big old giant that sits there drooling next to your recliner or a half-pint runt that insists on sleeping in your bed, whether you want him to or not, he's still your dog, and he's still man's best friend, your best friend. And you will still, when they pass away, weep like you have lost a member of the family because you have. So, when it comes time to put food in the bowl, may I recommend you include Rough Greens. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And you sprinkle it on the dog's food. Remember, brown food is dead food. You want the greens. This is filled with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's most likely in Rough Greens. And dogs love it. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it and eat it. And over the time period of where you're feeding your dog this, you are going to see results and differences in your dog that are all great. They have a special deal. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. They're going to give you your first trial bag for free. You just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-N-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. We're going to explain what's happening to your daughter, come, uh, your daughter, your dollar coming up in just a few minutes. Onions and daughters. I don't know what's on my mind. Um, all right. So let me just let me just ask you. Is it just me that questions this story and is really I, I out of handed uh, reject it on the surface? Uh, Senator uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC uh, has just published a research letter sounding the alarm about leprosy in Florida. They, they say that the CDC is concerned that leprosy is becoming endemic or native to uh, large swaths of Florida. Now, this is a pretty serious thing. I mean, you know, I don't want my skin, you know, falling off. I don't want to go to a leper colony. But the CDC has damaged their credibility so much that if they would have said leprosy is happening in uh, New York City, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, dismiss it. But seeing that it's in Florida and it's the government saying leprosy in Florida, I... Honestly, I look at it and roll my eyes. And leprosy may be happening in Florida. I don't know. 
but I'm not listening to the CDC. Is it just me? Am I the only one that feels this way? Because I read it, the first thing I went, oh yeah, leprosy in Florida. And it's probably if you vote for DeSantis.